Hello and welcome to In the Envelope, an awards podcast from Backstage. I am your host, Jack Smart, awards editor at Backstage, and I'm here to give you a front row seat to the industry's most exciting awards races. Who is in the running? How can you, listener, win a statue of your own? What makes awards-worthy film, television, and theater? We're sitting down with some very talented actors to get that insider's perspective on these questions and more, and maybe, just maybe, we'll get a tantalizing glimpse in the envelope. I keep reminding myself that I'm so lucky to be on that stage every night and just like really enjoying every moment. I keep getting that advice, like just enjoy Mm. this time because Mm -hmm. I think so much you're so tired and you're so like, there's so many events. This, the Tony season is wild and getting lost in all of that can, can be tough to kind of keep your head in the game. Mm -hmm. And I thought like, wow, like during the Tony junket yesterday, Mm -hmm. people kept asking like, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? And I'm thinking, I have two shows today. And I was like, but actually that's that's wonderful because this is why I'm here. It's to sure. do the work. Welcome back, listeners, to another season, to a mini season of In the Envelope, an awards podcast from Backstage, because we are, for the very first time, this is a very exciting day, we are launching a series of episodes pegged to this year's Tony Awards. You thought this was a podcast just about film and TV? Well, first we thought it was just about TV, and then it turns out it was about film. It turns out it's also encompassing theater. And me being a total Broadway dork and a thespian who lives in New York and who sees theater all the damn time, it is very fitting and very exciting that we got to sit with some some of Broadway's most exciting people, including today's guest, whose voice you just heard, Lindsay Mendez. She is the perfect person to kind of kick off this mini season of Tony's episodes because she's a genius. And I don't just mean she's a genius on stage, which is true. However, she also runs Actor Therapy, which caters very specifically to the backstage crowd. She has a lot of practical wisdom, uh, as well as the kind of more technical musical theatery stuff of how to audition and how to make it in the biz. And we talked in our interview um, about, I think, one of the big points that has come up in her classes and that certainly came up in this interview a lot was when you're starting off and you want to become a musical theater star, you got to find your niche. Yes, you got to do it all and you got to say yes to work, but you also have to establish what you're good at. And um, that's something that Lindsay Mendez did from an early age. She went to a performing arts high school. She won this song contest that got her. We talked a little bit about this, but it got her to it got her the agent, it got her to New York. And um, she put in the work, the years of actorly struggle that most hardworking, certainly most hardworking Broadway triple threats have put in. And this is just a treat. This is really just a wonderful interview. And we are so pleased to serve it to you today. The Tony Awards are happening on June 10th, and um, this past Broadway season was a prime example of the best that theater has to offer. It's a very exciting time to be a New York theater goer. And um, Carousel has been nominated for a ton of Tony Awards, including for five of its performers. Lindsay Mendez is one of them. There is a little bit you need to know about Carousel because we do make reference to some plot points. For example, Billy Bigelow, the main character who in this production is played by Joshua Henry, he dies at the beginning of the second act. And the second act is devoted a little bit to his journey in the afterlife. This is a Rodgers and Hammerstein show. It's Richard Rodgers and Oscar Hammerstein's maybe one of their weirder shows, but it's also very much a beloved show. Lindsay and I kind of get into that. Lindsay does a great job of explaining that and what that means. This particular production is directed by the great Jack O'Brien, wonderful director I admire. The choreographer, Justin Peck, it was cast by Bernie Telsey, which is also important for actors to know, and it was produced by Scott Rudin, one of Scott Rudin's many productions on Broadway this season. I think that we need to get straight to it because Lindsay Mendez dropped some wisdom on us, and I can't wait for you all to hear it. Let's take a quick break and then get to this interview. (laughs) 
Lindsay Mendez is Tony-nominated for her irresistible Carrie Pipperidge in the current revival of Rodgers and Hammerstein's Carousel. She got her big break in the off-Broadway musical from Pasek and Paul, Dogfight, directed by Joe Mantello, and has since played Alphaba the Wicked Witch in Wicked, and appeared in last year's Significant Other. Along with her versatility as an actor and sensational singing voice, Lindsay co-owns and runs Actor Therapy, a musical theater masterclass series in New York, making her a fountain of actorly knowledge. Here it is, our interview with Tony nominee Lindsay Mendez. Thank you so much for joining us. You're so welcome. Tony nominee Lindsay Mendez. Oh my God. It's only been two days. I know. It still feels not real. <laughs> How does it feel? How does it sound, Tony nominee Lindsay Mendez? I mean, it sounds pretty phrase. good to me. Um, I'm I'm like so, I think it still hasn't hit me in a lot of ways um, yeah. because I just feel so lucky to like be in that building and do this incredible role in this amazing mm-hmm. show. So that all felt like the dream to just be in it. Yes. And this is like all these extras that are coming later are just sure. Yeah, they're sure insane. Is there anything different in the um, the performance itself? Like the performance of the day you're nominated for Tony? Is that first of all, do you get like entrance applause in a different <laughs> way? Or <laughs> um, that night, I'm trying to think if we did or not. Um, I definitely felt like I had a couple moments on stage thinking, mm. "Oh wow, I'm a Tony nominee now, and cool. I'm here doing this." Um, but. At the same time, you know, you just do your show, and yeah. it's it's great. You are, and you slip into this character, and this you just inhabit her so fully, and so you just steal the show. Thank the you. Act. I don't think that's true. Ah. I, I I love. I can't wait to hear about it. I love her. Um, mm-hmm. I think when I first read the script, I, I when they first said like, "Do you are you interested in mm-hmm. Carrie Pipperidge?" And you know, I was like, "What? That's Soprano." Oh, really? So, you know, that's something I've never done. And um, so immediately I was like, they must be just insane. And then I read it and I thought, oh, wow, I really, I really can see this person. Interesting. And I, I, I feel like through my whole career, that's always happened to me. Like the roles that I've played that I feel like were the best for me were the ones when I read them the first time I was like, I can only see myself, like, I oh, know cool. I'm the person mm. who should do this. Wonderful. And that's how I felt with her. And so then I was like, well, you better figure out the, the music, little girl. And so I <laughs> uh-huh. I, I, um, I worked on it a lot and, and went back to, you know, voice teacher and yeah. and um, got it in my body. But I just... Got it in your body. Yeah, I have to ask about that Yeah, too. The but vocal I just, technique stuff. For oh, sure. my gosh. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I just, I love her. And then also the, the main accent is super helpful in finding her. Right. Oh, uh-huh. Which we worked Once on. Once you master it. Insane. Yes. Yeah. Like, because it's written in the text. Gotcha. Um, okay. But mm. when you look at it, it almost looks Southern. Right. And. Um, oh, it's very, it's a queer sound to our Queer. Yeah, it's a quiz. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But once I learned it, I was like, oh, that's Carrie. You know what I mean? Cool. Like that, okay. that like kind of like huh. uh, down home, like main, mainer, like, right. oh yeah, I just love it. And did you have a relationship with the, the show's music or? Definitely. I mean, we, you know, I grew up knowing the music. Yeah. Um, not so much the, the show though. I saw yeah. the production actually at Lincoln Center when Jesse played Carrie. Oh, cool. Um, and I loved it. But uh, but Very that's cool. the only time I saw it. And yeah. I didn't, I, even then I had to kind of refresh myself with the story. I was like, oh, yeah, he dies. He goes to heaven. Like, oh, same. what? Oh, same. <laughs> yeah. The second act, I was like, Ooh. I know. Ooh. When he dies so early, you're like, wait, what's going to happen now? Oh, wait. Oh. Then he gets up. Yeah. He's up? What's happening? <laughs> it's strange. It's a strange show. For sure. For, especially for Rodgers and Hammerstein. It's a for sure. But you, so as a singer-singer, I love this idea that you had to adjust your voice. You must have sung Rodgers and Hammerstein throughout your singing career. I did, like, I Can't Say No yeah. and, you know, all the, like, more belty stuff. The stuff that, like, sing- singers in training kind of, that's how they cut their teeth a little bit. Sure, 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 sure. Or, like, yeah. you know, If I Loved You When I Was, like, 10, you know, trying to just, like, yeah. build my, my voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sound of Music, Obvi. Yes, my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, but um, but definitely I, I never thought as an adult, that there was a place for me in Rodgers and Hammerstein because I'm like, you know, this little Mexican Jew girl and (laughs) I just didn't know that was, you know, something for me. Right. Oh, I have so many freaking questions. Okay, (laughs) first of all, first of all, um, for listeners who don't know about the Tony's Junket, Lindsay and I yesterday spent literally 60 seconds. It was like, it's basically speed dating between journalists and nominees. (laughs) 
And but in your 60 seconds, you said really awesome, fascinating things. And one in particular, I definitely wanted to ask. I was like, aha, this is a perfect thing to ask in a podcast setting. Oh, good. I literally I don't even remember you what must happened not remember. yesterday. It no, was all course. such a blur. Of course. But I you had said something like um, at the beginning of your careers, you have to find your niche as an actor. Right. And it's not until you establish that or maybe you establish a little bit more of a reputation or a big break that you then show versatility maybe mm-hmm. or like I think just that you're given the opportunity to oh, to uh-huh. show that you can do more than okay. just the thing you kind of establish yourself as so it's not being. necessarily completely within your control no I don't think so it depends to. on if yeah. you get an audition for it I mean I even think for for Carrie I mean that mm-hmm. was an outside of the box choice for Telsey to think of me for okay. this role mm-hmm. they had seen everyone for it um, See, I didn't know. All my okay. friends were going in for it, and okay. and uh, but I never even thought twice about like not being asked. I was like, well, that's not me. I mean, uh-huh. you know, and that's because of this the range. I think also just because it's like it is this to me. It was this ingenuity type of, you mm, know, mm. blonde, cute girl. I mean, sure. I just I just didn't think of myself as playing Carrie. I know Audra sure. had done it, but I don't mm. know. Audra's this quintessential soprano, yes, indeed. You know, and. I, I just yeah I didn't I didn't think of it yeah and so but I look at your career and I do and I do think like it is really hard to pigeonhole you especially I think to my kind of untrained ear as a singer it is I I find it's hard I was so delighted and so surprised to hear you singing these high soprano notes thank you and, and Hammerstein but I know you as a belter as well right. and I know you as a dramatic actress as well it's all these different niches that you found I mean honestly I've been so lucky to to get to spread my wings in all of these different ways and Mm. um and that's just because you know i think everyone who i've worked with has kind of taken a risk on me i'm i'm a very i know this like about my past just my history i'm a very like i'm not a like well it's either her or her choice i'm like the choice that's way over like in the other state and it's like we could go all these ways or we could like gamble Press with Lindsay. The Lindsay button. And and yeah. I know I'm a gamble and I've definitely been told no before yes almost every job oh, I've gotten. It's been no and then months later yes. Wow. And it's like it's like a pattern. And so <laughs> I do I do feel like it's just with people take risk on me and and then mm. I have to step up to the plate and that mm-hmm. that place I feel like I function really well in. I love to be the worst at something. Yeah, and uh, and to be, to, like to be the, the worst in the room. Yeah, that yeah. I like. I thrive off of that. I don't know if it's Where just masochistic from? or. I I don't know. I just I I love to feel challenged and scared, mm. and that's where I I tend to risk the most yeah. because I'm I'm like well, I'm I'm minutes from being fired, so I might as well <laughs> throw it all to the wall. Yeah, and um and take those big risks. Yeah, and yeah. I I felt that way all through dogfight. I just I I felt like. Oh, I just felt like I could never get it right. And I, I remember mm. Joe Mantello, one time we were like in rehearsal and he, I was just trying, every time I would, we would do the scene, he'd be like, okay, a couple things. And he mm. would keep keep at me, keep at me. Mm. And finally I just said, oh, I just, I want to get this right for yeah. you. And he said, Lindsay, it will never be right. Ooh. You have to give it up. That's it will never be right. Hear. And it really yeah. set me free. Mm. You know, he was like, no matter what, we're going to find new things. And that's like the place you should live in. Mm. And I just, I have ever since that day, I've just taken that with me. And so yeah. I, I live in that space all the time. And I tell my students totally. that all the time, mm-hmm. you know. It's especially true of theater. It's, yes. It never is part, there's no such thing as a perfect. You can always find something else. And, and mm. I love living in that space. Right. And you could drive yourself crazy trying to make it perfect. And you could go get really neurotic about it and, and beat yourself up about it. Or you could kind of be kind. A hundred percent. And, uh figure out what little things you can improve on just to be better. Yeah, and I also think it just it, it it allows you to be more present in the scenes and with your scene partners every day to find new things and play with mm-hmm. them and keep the show alive and snappy and not feel like, mm-hmm. you know, you're giving the same thing every every night. Yeah. Well, I also I always find that really interesting especially with musicals because I feel like a trap that musical theater actors maybe could fall into is getting stuck in that rut of like lines on a page Spoken lines can be shaken up a little bit more, mm-hmm. it seems to me, than the music, which has to be its own thing. Sure. So you at you at the Broadway level don't have this problem, but like, how do musical theater actors not fall into that rut of like, 
I am just reciting. I am not listening. Um, I mean, I, I constantly am after my students to to monologue their stuff way before they ever mm. put it to music. Oh, cool. Um, and and hear the sentences rather than hear the the lyric kind of lay out with the tune because I think that if you follow, I mean, you know, songs are the scansion is set differently and and totally. every song is different, but but you really have to take it as you're still telling the same story you just happen to be singing at the same time and i think i think now like the the more modern musical theater kind of way of doing things mm. is making it more about the text and less about just these long sung lines okay. but with rogers and hammerstein it's been really interesting to kind of do both things mm. like honor that this score is the score and really sing it you know through long lines the way it, it wants to be sung mm. but still find that like 2018 sensibility and play with you know the story you're telling and wow. that's been something that we've all played around with um, throughout this process. And I, mm. I'm really proud of kind of how we've been able to blend both things. Mm -hmm. Oh, you do that wonderfully. And oh, I think it's, it's true of comedy, of musical theater comedy. Yes. You can find those. Totally. And the, there's so much. I mean, I, I'm the first night when I we did the show and I did Mr. Snow and When the Children Are Asleep and the, the lyrics land like just so well and yeah. i just thought wow even if people know these lyrics already they're mm. like it, they just it just works mm -hmm. and it's just it's such a testament to like why this show is so it's produced a masterpiece and, and yeah. so, you know so timeless there's a reason that the classics are the classics 100%. but it's so cool to hear that you take responsibility as a 2018 actor oh yeah for sure i mean look you got to look at the story and say okay what can what can i handle mm. as a woman reading and mm. And putting out there every day to an audience that also is, you know, a lot of them very young people, a lot of them older people, but all of us living in this this kind of crazy world we're living in now yeah. and, and say, like, you know, what can I stand behind? You know, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm not going to play this character as a stupid woman cool. or as okay. someone who, you know what I mean, just like sits back and lets Powerless. people beat on her. Yeah, mm -hmm. like that's that's not how we're going to do this. We're going to find the power right. in all of these characters. And we're going to also like uncover the story about redemption that like just because a path mm. is set out for you you don't have to like live that legacy mm. you know what i mean people can change cool. people can be redeemed and i think that story we all could really get behind in 2018 sure yeah it's looking at it you you can't help but look at it through the glasses of the of the now sure but were there any uh, <laughs> were there any times of like oh i wish i could rewrite cuz you you can't rewrite anything <laughs> no. but you it's all about the task before you is to find the things that you can update or the things that you can tweak. Yeah, there were there were a few things that we were able to cut, okay. um, which was great. There, uh, one one thing in particular that was tough was um, the scene with Jigger and Carrie, where he's um, kind of yes. trying to seduce her in oh, the woods. Right. Oh, right. I mean, and we we cut a lot of that scene because there was a part of it that was like so unsavory that none mm. of us could stomach it. We were just like, "There's no way an audience is going to find this funny. Gotcha. They are just going to." cringe gotcha. and we okay. didn't want to put everybody through that um and i was like trying to make it work comedy wise and you i'm were, like i yeah. don't even think and jack o'brien was amazing and he was just like i can't stand it we gotta cut it and that's so interesting so it is was that like a group like who makes that decision is it ultimately him? well it's jack and yeah. um and also the um ted chapin of the rogers and hammerstein estate okay. um yeah. he had a huge part in kind of giving us the the freedom gotcha. to to change and, and make snips, you know, to say, if we want to keep this show yeah. alive, we have to make it palatable, yeah. you know, for an audience of now. And to make it relevant. To just totally. make it resonate with. Yeah. yeah. But then there were other hard things. There there would be some things that I'd be like, oh, I hate that she's, I have to figure out how to not hate that and and, mm. and understand why. Mm. And and so I think there were, there were a lot of moments of me kind of trying to figure out Carrie's angle on the things she sure. says because sometimes you're like, oh, why would you say that? But I also, <laughs> I, I also kind of love those moments. You know, I love to say something and hear an audience go, oh. like, I forget. I think I say, oh, when, right when he dies, right when he, Billy dies. Oh, sorry, yeah. spoiler. Yeah. I come up to Julie and pick her up and I say, Julie, don't be mad at me for saying it, but you're better off this way. Mm. And the audience goes, yeah. <laughs> even if some of us are like, she has a point. But it's like, but Carrie, it's like the timing, like, <laughs> right. And that's why that's where you're saying I think like, she's trying to make her feel better. It comes sure. out of and it also comes mm. out of her trying to be the wife that she wants Enoch 
that Enoch wants her to be. Oh, uh uh-huh. Which is to say the right thing. That's what he would have said. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? She's trying to mend with him at that time. So it's it's very complicated, but... um, And I see why that is another opportunity where you could have played stupid. Like, you could have played her daffy and ignorant and, like, powerless somehow. And instead... She makes mistakes because she's big and she's bold. She's she says she she's herself. in the moment person. Yeah, she's just like yeah. I have to say this now. Mm-hmm. She holds nothing back, mm-hmm. and I think that's very powerful. You know, so totally. it's been fun to kind of figure all those things out. And with any role like that, it's a is it a matter of seeing what's on the page? I love this idea of of what you were thinking on the very first read, like. Do you think of it as you are the puzzle piece and you're you're fitting into the role, or are you finding an in between between the character and between you? For this one, this felt so. This did not feel like me. Uh-huh. I mean, uh-huh. I really felt like cool. I'm. I don't necessarily think I'm this person at all. I just I read it and thought I know who this person is. Mm. Like I've seen. I I could just envision this person and and i it took me a minute to kind of find her but the the essence of it just of her like she's such a badass like she's just so like fearless and Mm. so like i I don't know i just i was like man i wish i could be this person cool (laughs) she's just so charming yeah she's just like you everyone wants to be her friend she's super cool that's amazing um how does it compare to uh, maybe other, I want, we always like asking the questions about Broadway specifically, but like you mentioned, it's a difficult show. Mm-hmm. How does it compare to Alphaba? How does it compare to other <laughs> Broadway musical experiences? Um, I'd say it is just about as, as hard as anything I've done, barring Wicked, which was like just, it, that lives on its own plane sure. of, of The makeup tough. alone. Right. Yeah. Um, but what I what I do love about this role is I never have to be out there alone. I get to share Mm. the experience either with Jesse or with Alex or Mm -hmm. with Amar. Um, And and I love, I mean, I hate being on stage by myself. I love to have a partner. I just find it, I I have no interest in like having my own moment out there. I want to be sharing and connecting with, yeah, I mean, I love the audience, of course, and I'm thrilled that they're they're there, but but there's just, there's nothing like having that connection with another actor. Um, So that is great about Mm. this show for me. Um, And also just, it's a new experience, kind of, again, singing in this place. So I'm kind of finding the speaking and the singing, you Mm. know, and and how to manage my day. And Mm -hmm. um, the last thing I did on Broadway was a play, and it's so different (laughs) to do a play than a musical, um, just in your daily life. But um, I also just think I'm, the older I get, the the more I'm like, I'm, I'm less controlling about giving a you know a perfect performance like we were talking about earlier and just saying like this is what i have today and that's part of the fun is seeing what's gonna happen out there and and not feeling so you know afraid that i have to be just right for everyone who comes every night and just say like this is in my body i know it and Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go out and have fun with my friends today and that fear that fear that it sounds like you've you've tackled or overcome well it's an ongoing journey right like what is that like what is the what is the worst that could happen i guess yeah i don't know i think i think i you know i i worry about uh a worry would be you know am i gonna forget a lyric or a line or Uh am i going to crack on a note or you know things like that um and I just think they're old demons, you know? I think that, yeah. and, and and I do think the longer you're in the business, the more you do feel like an expectation to arrive and be what the audience is hoping you'll be. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, but I think at the same time, no one has seen me do it before and they don't know what right. to expect. And I just have mm-hmm. to, and that's the nice thing about doing a new show as opposed to doing something like Wicked where people say. already know it and they're coming and they're seeing your version of it. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't, not many people have come and said, I saw the 94 production because, or especially, you know, even if people have, it was so far away that this feels yeah. like a new opportunity for us to kind of totally just present the material. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and I just, I want to be as good as everybody wants me to be. So uh-huh. and and I, and I also, you know, I think every audience like deserves my best show. 
But I've also just yeah. had to learn like my best is going to be different every day depending on <laughs> how I'm feeling. Yeah, yeah. Know? And that is true of revivals in particular, like maybe older, older audience members, maybe those who grew up listening to Rodgers and Hammerstein, they must come in with a perception of Carrie. Definitely. And I've, I've heard a lot to of... reconcile or do you have to think about that? Like People have just all said, I've never seen Carrie, you know, played this way. And and what way is that compared to other Carries? I don't, I have no idea because yeah. I've, I really don't know what anyone else has done with it. I mean, I, like right. I said, I saw that other production, but I don't, it was a while ago and I'm not, I, mm-hmm. I remember Jesse was wonderful, but like, I don't remember the, I don't remember. And, mm-hmm. and. Which is I, nice. Yeah. And I never saw, I, I like purposefully just didn't listen to anyone else do the material mm. or wa- try and watch anything. Cool. Yeah. So I've never seen Audra's um, version, which I'm sure is quintessential <laughs> right. and incredible. Um, but yeah, I just kind of was like, I better just make this my own. I really try to always do that. I never like to listen to any other recordings of anything mm. I learn or watch anything because it just, sure. why would you do it? Yeah. And that is the <laughs> question facing anyone doing a revival of anything. Oh, yeah. You got yeah. you to gotta not look or look at the other examples. Yeah. Of that so thing. when people are like, oh, it's so different the way you're playing, it, I'm like, well, how else would you play it? Like, I don't, I don't see right. any other way. I, and like you said, it's specific to this 2018 production. Yep. It's also specific to what Jack Jack's idea of uh-huh. what he wanted and his sensibility and his humor. Mm. He's so brilliant and mm-hmm. and um, and Alex and Jesse. It, it's just kind of like all of us together. What this ended up wanting to be. Yeah, you oh, know? I love that. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not just one dude's vision. That not at all. It, it was like all of us from. putting this thing together and and finding where where we wanted the the story to breathe and and have humor mm. and be fun and that's that's not just you know my contribution it's Jesse mm. plays a huge part in that and Alex and Renee and jo- I mean we all just like mm. play together in this beautiful way it. to let the story kind of have that light when it needs it because it's it's heavy mm-hmm. yeah I got that from the I d- I do get that from the production that mm-hmm. you guys thought about when to breathe and when to celebrate and when to mourn and when to yeah. To yeah. let the audience, I mean, I just, I find it, there, there's like this last scene in the play where Jesse and I have this little scene at the table and the mm-hmm. audience laughs so hard at it, I think, because the ballet <laughs> is so sad. Yeah, and, it is a release valve a little bit. And they just, you can tell, like, they need yeah. that oh, it's humor. it's like, Carrie, thank God like, Carrie's please here. please let us, like, la-, you know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. it's it's funny because when I read this, the that scene, I was like, oh, that's kind of fun. But, like, oh, okay. I didn't really see it as, like, this, but mm-hmm. I can tell it's just the audience is needing that. release and it's it's fun to kind of feel that yeah yeah um circling back to the audra question yes even though you haven't seen it it's true that i i think i believe that her she wasn't audra mcdonald before before (laughs) this was her first and then she was audra mcdonald she won the tony yeah (laughs) right so where does that fall into (laughs) your thanks for bringing relationship with like What's your relationship with Audra McDonald in particular, but also with, you know, her trajectory in this show? Uh, <laughs> I haven't given that too much thought, so <laughs> thank sorry. you. sorry. Yeah. Um, no, I... Uh, you, I do, have you met her? You've worked yes, with her? Yes. Yeah. I worship Audra. I love her. She's been a really wonderful light whenever I've been around her and mm. um, so supportive and kind and wonderful always. Um, I haven't gotten to see her yet during this process. I'm hoping she'll come, mm. you know. Um, sure. But it's also weird. It's weird to go see things you've done. It's it's very strange. Yeah. I've had that experience too. And so I don't blame her if she wants to keep her own experience in her head. Oh, yeah. um, but, uh, you know, I, I respect her immensely. I think she's just the most insane artist ever um as far as this goes for me i'm just like thrilled to be on the ride i I feel Mm. um i feel excited to to that people are loving the show i feel like you know i've already gotten so many different opportunities to kind of flex my little acting muscles and um (laughs) i have no idea what will come after this but i'm just kind of trying to live in in this now place of of Really, I keep reminding myself that I'm so lucky to be on that stage every night and just like really enjoying every moment. I keep getting that advice, like just enjoy mm. this time because mm-hmm. I think so much you're so tired and you're so like, you know, there's so many events. This The Tony season is wild. Yeah. And um, and getting lost in all of that can, you know, it, it can be tough to kind of keep your head in the game. Mm. and. And I thought, like, wow, like, during the Tony junket yesterday, mm-hmm. people kept asking, like, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? And I'm thinking, well, I have two shows today. 
Yeah. And and I was like, but actually, that's that's wonderful well, because this yeah. is why I am. Uh, this is why I'm here. It's to sure. do the work. Like all the other stuff is so wonderful, but like I'm I'm here because I love totally. to do this. I, I love to do what I'm doing. Yeah. So, I mean, what comes after, it's all gravy. This has all just been wonderful. Right. That ride <laughs> you're talking about, like, it could take you anywhere and you're and you're willing to go, but it's not a question of looking ahead. No. I mean, I just think there's no way. You can't even do it. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I, I mean, I never could have looked ahead to this moment. There's exactly. no way. Right. If someone would have told me I was playing Carrie Pipperidge in the Carousel Revival mm-hmm. five years ago, mm-hmm. I would have said, haha yeah. I mean I just could never have seen this in my wildest and now I'm like oh there was no other way for me to go I had cool. to play this but cool. so I really don't believe in looking ahead I'm just like let me let me try and be Carrie and live mm-hmm. in the moment <laughs> and it seems like I, that is a question I ask now I more and more I'm finding that actors in general but I think especially theater actors their answer is always something along the lines of like I am just in the now yeah. partly because I have to be it's the nature of Yesterday was a perfect example where you had two shows in, in addition to this junket, but like um, a theater actor is there on stage and they are there to connect with the audience and to yeah. connect and to, if you're thinking about your next, I don't know, film audition as you're up there singing your high notes, that's not exactly going to yeah click. Yeah. I, and, and, you know, and I think we also, we all get, you know, we're all on different contracts. And so, I mean, mm. even if I were to look ahead, it's like, I know I'm going to be doing the show for a while and that's, mm-hmm. that's my focus. And I think that's what our, mm. you know, our, amazing producer Scott like that's what he wants and that's what I want too I want this to just be my you know my primary focus and yeah. I have we have a ton of friends and people coming and I'm just mm, you know gonna so I worked we worked so hard to get the show up it's mm-hmm. like now we just get to enjoy the run and so that's yeah. that's where I'm gonna stay for for now and that Tony season frenzy you must have <laughs> been familiar with it to an extent well despite not being nominated you'd be surprised before. I've never really been in a show that's been lauded critically mm. <laughs> except sure, I, everyday like rapture was nominated for a couple things yeah. but that's really the only time i mean i i wasn't in godspell that season i was out yeah. already doing dogfight yeah and and dogfight was big but it was in the off-broadway kind of circuit and it also it was one of those shows that opened in the summer so it didn't get acknowledged until the you know what i mean I didn't and that's, know that. yeah yeah that's pretty it's like tough in the season Absolutely. to be recognized yeah. Um, but I did I, I, I did get to do most of the awards that season, which was cool, but but the show was closed. So and I was already in Wicked. Right. It was like that was a crazy yeah. season of its own. So this is definitely I was not prepared for it. And I was my husband and I were talking about that last night. It was like at first it was always just like just let's just get to April twelfth. And now I'm like, uh-huh. see you June eleventh. <laughs> yeah, totally. What happens after June eleventh? I don't know. Then it's I a mean deep, it's a it's, pr- deep breath. I'm gonna it's tell a... you it's like a big glass of wine. <laughs> Beyond yeah. that, I don't know, but I'm I'm definitely yeah gonna, you earned it. Gonna celebrate and kick back a, a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a perfect segue to the next question, which which we is about always, wine. It's about oh, wine, okay. like I, I kind of actually. Oh. <laughs> um, in terms of, we just really like asking the like, how do you take care of your voice type questions and the oh, uh-huh. enduring and the surviving each a week as a, as a musical director and and. Your voice is so gorgeous, and how do you keep it that way? How, what do you? What are your tricks? Are you willing to reveal your tricks and rituals? I don't know. No. Um, I mean, you teach these yeah. these things as well. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I'm a big. Uh, I I steam every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I also a lot of people. Uh, I was taught. I take from Victoria Clark. She's taught me a ton about my voice. Like and, a, as a voice teacher. Mm-hmm. Like one-on-one vocal coaching with Victoria Clark. Yes, sir. I yeah. didn't know that at all. She's the one who I like initially what? sang Mr. Snow with, and you know she kind of got me prepared. But um, because she's a soprano, soprano. Yes. Okay. Yes, she's amazing. Wow. And she she's the one who taught me that you shouldn't sing in the shower because you're oh. it's so humid in there and it feels so great. It feels so great. This is a great tip. But then when you get out, dryness and then mm. it's never gonna feel as good. So you should breathe and steam, but mm-hmm. save the singing for. When you're out, out of there. Um, so, uh, and I, you know, I really do try and stick to, you know, no dairy, mm-hmm. no. Um, I I can't eat right before a show. I kind of have to eat like mm. at least like three hours before, mm-hmm. um, which means I'm usually starving after, which is also not great. But what are you gonna well, do? Sure, but yeah. Um, and I I'm super aware of of my speaking voice. I think a lot of people speak off their voice um, mm. or uh, don't kind of speak in 
in like the forward place mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I clearly always live in the forward place as your <laughs> listeners can hear um, uh, but that kind of is the most healthy space to, yeah, to stay in um, and you know I just I think you I'm super aware of my voice all the time I know when it's tired yeah. I know when it feels great I know if I'm phlegmy I'm, it must mean I'm tired or, mm. I, or I ate something that you know is I shouldn't have wow um, but also, I think the thing I've learned the most through this process is to is my breathing. The breathing mm. is very different for this type of singing, mm. and if you're super connected with your breath, it you will like that will set you free. Mm. And I think people take shallow breath or they breathe from their shoulders, and it, they just they'll never mm. get enough air. You really have to take like a good like low like back breath. Yeah. One, it seems like that kind of breathing is is the quickest shortcut to knowing your body to like being familiar with totally. what's going on yeah yeah so that's been the the breathing has really been a thing to kind of set me free through this process i'm i'm always interested in hearing especially from singers like because you're so familiar with your voice and because you're like oh it sounds a little flummy because of x you're not wondering you're like oh it's because i ate that thing or it's because i didn't get it that amount of rest or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends. Like for me, I know like on a two show day, my second show, I'll usually be phlegmy because mm. my my body's like, oh, we tired. already did our job. Oh, <laughs> and then we're like, oh, it, we're doing it again. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, your brain thinks, oh, we've done it once, so we're done. Uh huh. Mm. So um, I still kind of have to just combat that. I'm I'm mm-hmm. also like I drink so much water, sure. like through the show too. I mean, mm-hmm. that's been, and I don't always. I haven't always been like the most. Mm. watery gal but now i am because that even if you do get phlegmy it'll thin out the mucus mm-hmm. delicious you're welcome yum yeah we love it's perfect that's why a podcast is kind of perfect for, t- for talking about stuff like this totally but in terms of how how have you seen it change your voice oh like, what well did you... i mean just the fact that i'm singing this material is sure. shocking yeah, um, yeah yeah but uh I've I've found that this kind of singing is just much easier to deliver every night. It's just consistent. It feels good. Mm. It doesn't feel like I never feel tired when I'm singing the material. Mm. Speaking, I'll feel tired, but never the singing. It's just yeah. it just feels more natural what, um, to me. Lachant said that yesterday too. She said that um, because in her show she doesn't just have speaking; she has narration, which is like you have to get it all the way to the back of the theater. And the singing for her is no problem. Yeah. It's the speaking that's, yeah. it's that front of voice versus, or front of mouth For all versus. of us, Renee always says that too. She says mm. she's, she's, she hates speaking or going out after to like a loud place. Like she's like, I can't do yeah. it. Then yeah. Then you hear her singing voice. It's like, oh my God, are you Ridiculous. kidding? Ridiculous. Ridiculous. It can fill a million theaters. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and do, alcohol, the that's another yeah I've kind of had to I've had to leave her be for a while <laughs> um, at the the thing about um, especially I'm a big wine drinker I love wine sure. but it's fermented and the sugars in it and all of that kind of tend to build yeast okay and yeast is really bad for your cords and your chest and lungs and all of that so I've had to kind of this is great yeah so I've and I've just kind of recently learned this too I go Mm. to this amazing ENT Dr. Linda Dahl plug Mm -hmm. she's the greatest and she's um she's really taught me a lot about kind of um the holistic approach to um taking care of my sure. cords and voice and um so i take a ton of supplements and mm-hmm. um and i she's she was like you can have vodka because that's not oh, um, it do anything it's, no yeah. but even then i mean it's just it but it, dehydrates it just you. makes you tired and yeah. dehydrates you yeah. and i so i'll you know if i if i really would want to go out and have a drink i'll have like one but i mean it's pretty I'm right. trying to just well, and you're not going to go to a bar and, and shout at people at the bar probably not heard yeah yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, so so I've, you know, I'm in, I am going to Napa for my vacation. When is that? I mean, it's, it's so far away. In summer, oh, okay. like Later past in. summer. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> Derek Klen is getting married in Napa. Oh, cute. So I'm going oh, to his fun. wedding, and also gonna have time for myself and my husband. So yeah. maybe I'll I'll get to have wine then. <laughs> <laughs> How often do you see this ENT doctor? Um, I I go. You know, I go on a like case by case like need. Yeah. Um, like, are, if but also I have her number and I can just text uh-huh. her and say, "What Is do it I ever, do?" Ever like an emergency? Like, um, I've gone to ENT for emergency before, yeah. um, but not on this contract. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just there's there's moments where you you feel something, you feel like 
something's oh, coming. I'm, I'm extra tired or something's coming on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just always like to be like, just show me my cords and let's make sure that they're, nothing is is bad. Oh, show me. Okay. So yeah. I get to see them on a camera. Gotcha. Okay. And, um, that and helps you, like, Yeah, even if, mind. yeah, and then I can say, okay, well, whatever tiredness I'm feeling, there's nothing going on, so I can push through it, or mm. I need to stop and gotcha. regroup. Huh. So um, that's that's kind of the nice thing to me about going, is you just kind of get that peace of mind either mm-hmm, way. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, I just, they're, like, so valuable, and <laughs> they're, like, my most valuable muscles. So I just want to make yeah, sure that. Yeah, your moneymaker. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm really pretty strict about taking care of it um and i think i've seen a lot of a lot of people you know hurt themselves or because they were trying to push through and it's like nothing's worth that you can always no you you have this one set you know yeah so i'm just really sounds like you've you've never come close to that level of not Mm. taking care of yourself no thank goodness because i'm super aware of them all the time yeah yeah you gotta be yes um we of course we love the acting advice and the we should probably talk about auditions as well, but because you're a teacher and because you work with these students, mm-hmm. what first of all, what are, what generally do you teach or what do you find is the most often thing that needs to be imparted to early career musical theater actors or what's like a misconception or a what do you find yourself constantly reminding them? Um, I think branding yourself is... <gasps> okay. Yeah. I, I, just, I just think people come in with this like vague sense of thinking they have to dress a certain way. Everyone dresses the same way for auditions and everyone has the same material in their book. And that's just not Mm. the way to go. Mm. You know, you really want to say like, what is like, what is the niche I fit in best? Who are the, who are the people I can look at that have careers and say like, I'm a mix of this person and this person. So I'm going to do like, I'm going to Google all everything X person has done and everything Y person has done and put a lot of that stuff in my book. Mm. And then when I come in, people are like, oh, you're a mini blah, blah, blah. Because people do do that. They're like, you're the Kristen Chenoweth. You're the... A hundred percent. That's yeah. like all people do is, oh, you're a Glinda. Oh, mm-hmm. you're a... You know what I mean? Or even you're a Jersey your boy. Voice. Is, your voice is this, your voice is that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so I would say that's number one. And number two, dance. Oh. oh. I yeah. just... Like constantly, I, like train. I just can't tell you how many actors come in and say, I'm a two out of 10. And the truth is when you first get started, you're you're not going to be cast as a principal. You're going to be mm. in the ensemble covering mm-hmm. and you're going to have to dance. Yeah. And I see people lose jobs all the time from the dance call. And it's like, mm. why? Like get into dance class. You mm. know, Not everybody has to dance like the dancers in Carousel. Right. But like you do have to have a sense of your body and you do have to be able to, you know, turn and, and kick and look like you're comfortable in your own skin. Sure. And dance class is not expensive and it's healthy and it's great. Healthy. And I just totally. I just think like if you're choosing between like another voice lesson or like four dance classes, like take the dance classes. That's excellent advice. I feel like that's probably even true for, for dramatic actors, for non-musical, because like, like you said, it just puts you in touch with your body. Mm-hmm. It just totally. Yeah, I just think coordination. Simple, yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything. and I just I know people are people get afraid of it or they they say, well, that's just not my thing. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, you're going to cut yourself out of eighty percent of yeah. the job opportunities. Because how often does someone brand new to the musical theater scene just land the principal role? Yeah, I mean the first the first three Broadway shows I did, I had to like hoof my butt off. Yeah, and, <laughs> right, right, right. And I danced my whole life, and right. I'm grateful for that. And even in Carousel, like. I I begged Justin to put a dance section in June for me because I really wanted to dance oh. and I thought that it would be fun for Carrie to dance. And, I saw that. And he ended up, you know, we I, I love doing it and he was really excited and grateful and it was a great way to kind of integrate the principles with the ensemble I in that way. I was say, and, that was really noticeable that, that you you had a dance section and Joshua Henry dances, dances his butt yeah. off. Yep. And that's not, especially in a lot of the old classic revivals, you don't really see the principals doing that. Well, and Justin didn't, he didn't envision that. I had to like kind of come to him and oh, say like, okay. you know, I can dance. And right. he just didn't know that he could ask us to do it. Sure. And I thought like. he cast a bunch of ballet. Pretend. Yeah. 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 But and, and I think he just was like, oh, I didn't expect the principals to have to dance. Mm-hmm. But I also really I thought about my students when I did it. I thought, you know what? Sure. I'm the one always preaching to them. Yeah. You have to dance. Yeah. And I'm going to dance in this show. Damn it. That's great. That's excellent <laughs> advice. Um, this idea. I'm fascinated by the idea of like find the person whose career you can 
maybe the t- either it's a type or it's that these are the types of projects I want to be in and that person's been in those. Mm-hmm. What are yours? Did you have like a combination of, of a bunch of different actresses or? I mean, look, I saw Sara Ramirez, you know, when I was growing up and I was yes. like, oh my gosh, I was obsessed Ugh. with her. Yes. Still am. Yes. Um, so she was a big one for me. Mm. Um, but then I also like, I, I, to be honest with you, I don't think there were a lot of women like me. Yes, growing up. this is what I want to ask you about as well. And and I saw, you know, I saw Patti Lapone and Ethel Merman, but they were all playing roles that, you know, I was going to play in my 40s Did and 50s. Did you see Ethel Merman on stage? No. Are you oh. kidding? I'm <laughs> not that old. No, but just like in, you know what I mean. <laughs> the idea. And I loved, yeah. I loved Judy Garland growing up and mm-hmm. Barbara, of course. And sure. um, so all of these kind of iconic women, but really on Broadway, I didn't see a lot of people like yeah, me. I'd yeah. say Sada was like kind of the only one. Um, so I felt a little bit stuck and my first agent, Mm -hmm. I remember she said, she was like, you're not really going to work until you're 40. (laughs) Why? What happens when you're 40? I don't know. Just that she thought that because I was not thin and that I just wouldn't, I wouldn't work. And, um, was she talking about musical theater specifically? Okay. And she also was like, well, you're not heavy enough to play someone heavy. So you are in this (laughs) middle place. So you either need to lose weight or gain weight. And I was like, I don't think that's true. Yeah, most no. women in life are my size. Like, <laughs> but absolutely. So I, I kind of, I fought myself with that, and whether I wanted to change who I was, one extent or another, or just kind of believe that I could find a place, and I chose to do that, and and then I found someone else to work with. I was gonna say you could have listened to that agent and and really beat yourself up about yeah these limitations, or you could have carved something for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So that's and, what I and did. maybe not needed examples. It's always good to have those examples to model your career off of. But sometimes you got to have the initiative and the courage. I think. Yeah, and look, say. I had. I also had. You know, I was. I was lucky enough to be getting bites. So, so at least people were affirming gotcha. that there was a place for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that's the difference too. If you go through like four years of audition seasons with no bites, you've got to kind of regroup. You know, I was lucky enough to have little things here and there. Mm-hmm. I mean, I also moved here when I was 18, so I could play teenagers gotcha. quite easily because mm-hmm. I was one. Yeah. Um, but I, I'd say getting enough of those little bites along the way, I felt like, you know what, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. And not try to model, try to fit into some mold yeah. of some other thing. Yeah. Type. Yeah. And I also think I had an agent when I moved here, so, um, and I kind of always had one, so that was easier too because mm-hmm. I could get submitted for things. Like I think when you're doing the like wake up at four in the morning and you know cattle calls, to like a cattle call you, you got in they're, they're not giving you as much time. They're just yes. they're just putting you in piles. It's experience, but it's a lot tougher. It's, sure. Did you get this agent from just high school? You know, actually, I won a singing competition in L.A. when I was a junior in high school, and I got the agent through winning that cool. at the okay. Los Angeles Music Center. What did you sing? <laughs> Timely, I sung, I sang, sung, God, <laughs> good morning. I sang Waiting for Life from Once in this Island. <gasps> really? Yes. How funny. There is some incriminating video. Is there? 100%. <laughs> There's a lot of videos of you out there. Oh, God. Tell <laughs> me about it. <laughs> that And that one, I see. So that got you the agent. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. And the dream was always New York and Broadway. Yeah. There was like no other. I, I, was, I literally was not good at anything else. So There's no plan B. No. And do you recommend that, uh, do you have that piece of advice that I hear often, which is if you want to do it, you got to know that that's what you want to do and you got to want to do nothing else. <laughs> I do. I stand by it. Yeah. It's true because yeah. it's a really hard business, but it's a wonderful business. Yeah. But you have to you have to know there's literally nothing else for you. Yeah. And this thing that you said about you're auditioning, maybe someone's auditioning for a long time and they're not getting the bites, um, this idea of regrouping, what does that mean? I think um, get into a new class, find a new mm-hmm. mentor, like maybe have, an agent. Yeah, maybe an a new agent. agent. Yeah. Um, just you know, you need you need support, you need encouragement, mm. you need mentorship. Mm. I mean, I've just I still I I have you know Joe Mantello's my like second dad and mentor to me. I have Vicky Clark, like I and I've always had all these people in my life that are constantly giving me advice and boosting me and mm. and supporting my journey and and I just you know, I feel like you have to have those people on your side and you have to be open enough to to hear people mm. because like I know in, in actor therapy in my class with Ryan Scott Oliver, we always say, 
especially on someone's first class, we say, we're here to hold up a mirror and mm. tell you what we see. And that's not to to hurt or offend, but it's to kind of say, like, this is what you're putting out. Mm-hmm. And are you happy with that? Or what are you trying to say? Mm. And how do we how do we create something that's marketable, mm. but that also feels like it's coming from you and yeah. something that you're like, you can 100% stand behind. Mm. And Love so it. that's kind of what our class is about. But and, and so I just think like you can always, if you're feeling like, you know, what you're putting out isn't working, you got to go back to the drawing board and say, okay, is it me? Is it my material? Is it how I'm dressed? Mm. Is it, am I lacking in an area? Like you have to be mm-hmm. real with yourself. You do have to really kind of, Look yeah. at yourself objectively Be and practical. say, you know, what what can I do better? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's that really is true of any artist. Like, you can't create art into a black hole. You have to also consider the the business side of it and the commercial side of I it. I mean, it's such theater, such a business. Yeah, you know, yeah. it is, and and that goes. You might you as know, well play from, that game. Yeah, you yeah. have to you have to look at yourself as a product. Mm. You do, mm. and and. You know, and and then and then there's social media and your website sure. and YouTube, you know, content. I mean, all the time. If I refer a student to my agent, the first thing they do is just look them up they online and them. look up a video. Mm. So if you don't have video content out there, like mm. you got to get on that. If you don't have a website, you got to do it. You need great headshots. Mm-hmm. You need you need to have social media and you need to stand by your social media. Like don't have pictures of you wasted with your friends at a bar. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like you have to really look at yourself as, as a, as a product. Wow. Yeah. That's excellent advice. Thank you. Um, What else? What else does, what other parting words that we should wrap up? What other words of wisdom do you have? Uh, Ugh! didn't I give you enough? You have so much. You're a (laughs) bottomless, you're just a wealth of information. Am I? Yeah. Um, You're a genius. No, I, I think, uh, you know, I think that this is a long game, and mm. it—it's so—it's been so interesting, like to go through this process, especially with this show and the season, and and to be like, wow, I've I've been here for a long time. This is my eleventh year on Broadway already. Yeah, wow. Um, but to to also be like, I know nothing. I mean, and, and I'm mm. I learn so much every single day. And I there's been times in my life where I've been like, oh, I've got it all figured out, and that's just so not true. And yeah. I think you have to constantly live in like <laughs> not knowing what's going to happen next, and stay try and stay open, mm-hmm. and know that like you're you don't even like you can't begin to comprehend like what you're going to know in a year from now and in two years from now. And that's the best thing about being an artist and doing what we do. Mm. And I just think like the more you can be comfortable living in that scary space of not knowing yeah. the, 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 the better it's going to be for you. Yeah. Yeah. It just all goes back to what you said about like, it's, it's never going to be perfect. And it's, so it's about that constant improvement. It's a, totally. and, and kind of relishing that and kind of, Loving that process of, yeah. of bettering yourself. Yeah, you gotta love it. You gotta yeah. love living in the fear. <laughs> Those Sorry. are brilliant end notes. Sorry, <laughs> that was a really good note to end on, Lindsay Mendez. Congratulations so on your Tony nomination. Oh my god, thank you. Um, and thank you for joining us. One hundred percent. Thank you. In the envelope is recorded at Lotus Productions and Hyperbolic Audio in New York City. Thanks, as always, to producer, editor, and all-around podcast whiz, Jamie Muffet. You can follow him on Twitter at JamieMusicNYC. You can follow me, Jack Smart, on Twitter at JackSmartWrites. Thank you to the team at Backstage, a.k.a. the most trusted name in casting, Peter Rappaport, Mark Stinson, Francis Ramos, Rowan Al-Khatib, Caitlin Watkins, Lauren Rout, and especially Tony nominee of my heart, Casey Howe. For more awards and industry coverage, head over to Backstage.com. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time for another glimpse in the envelope.